Like, like, uh, hey, how many of you know better? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's really marvelous about kids is that they have this thing called wonder, this thing called uh, anticipation, this, this, this uh, excitement gene. In fact, they say that after about December 5th, you really can't teach them anything in school. Is that fairly accurate? Uh, about the last two weeks before school's out, the kids are so wound up, they're so excited. Uh, one of the great, great verses in all of the Bible about the Christmas story has the word wonder in it. Here it is. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It's found in Isaiah. It's one of the great prophetic statements in the book of Isaiah. I think we used it as our introduction verse before lighting the very first candle of our Advent candle. And uh, there's a number of really important things that are said in this verse, but I only want to talk about one word in this verse. I want to talk about the word wonderful. Wonderful is a name. Does anybody here have the name uh, wonderful, it's their name. There was a guy by the name of Stevie Wonder at one time. But uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody in our congregation has the name Wonderful as their name. Uh, in the Old Testament, there was a number of people that had the name Wonderful as their name. I can imagine a mother taking their baby and, and naming them Wonderful, Palua. And, and you see that name, you find it in the book of Chronicles several times. Not anybody famous is, is named the name Wonderful, but there's a number of people that have that name. In fact, there was a whole clan of people that were known by that. That was the, like their last name, and they, they were known as the, the clan of the Wonderful. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm trying to think if we could name ourselves Wonderful. Uh, it sounds a little bit vain, uh, naming yourself Wonderful, but that is a great word in the Old Testament that's found. In fact, I'd, I'd like to share with you a couple times it appears that, that it kind of helps us to understand this. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary, not Mary, Sarah. Uh, Sarah is in the tent. She's in the tent, and she's listening to her husband. He's outside the tent eating a feast with three visitors that they don't know exactly who they are, but they've come. And she's, she's eavesdropping in on their conversation, and they're talking. And one of the men tells Abraham, about a year from now, I'm going to visit you, and you're going to have a son. And Sarah's back in the tent. She hears this. She's in her 90s. She thinks 90 years old. By the way, I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to conceive of what it would be like to take care of a child when you're 90. Charlene, you're handling it pretty decent at 60, but I came home the other day and she had all three of her grandkids there at the same time. One of them was laying on top of another one, bouncing. 
And I said, Charlene, you going to do anything about that? And I've got a great video of it. Uh, but anyhow. But here she is, 90 years old, and, 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 and she hears this guest say to Abraham, you're going to have a son a year from now. And she, she says, me? Now that I've passed the time of my pleasure, uh, now that I've passed the time when, when, I, when I'm even able to have children, th- there's no way this can happen. And, and the guest that is there with Abraham says, your wife laughed. And there's silence. And, and Sarah from inside the, the curtain of the tent said, I don't laugh. <laughs> In fact, they're going to be told they're going to name this child Isaac, which means laughter. I love that name. But, uh, As a result of that, there's this statement. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. Sarah shall have a son. That's a great usage of the word wonderful. It's the word that's translated hard. Is anything too wonderful for God? I think we think about that a lot this time of the year at Christmas. Uh, we miss people. I, I used to think that Christmas is about the happiest time of the year. And, and I'm beginning to understand why so many of the Christmas songs are in the minor key. Because though Christmas is a happy, happy time of the year, there's a lot of sadness that creeps in at Christmas time. Because so much of Christmas is about memories and things and such like that. And, 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 it's, and it's easy to, at Christmas time, to get down uh, and, and to be somewhat in grief and, and to be thinking about uh, how life isn't as good as it, as it was and, 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 and to almost think like Sarah thinks and thinks something's too hard for God. God can't make me happy this Christmas. But, but there you have it. It, it uh, appears in another place it appears in uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 107. And uh, that's what this says right here in the middle. It says Psalm 107. You can't read it. But uh, there's, there's this verse. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. This, this statement, it's found in verse 8 of Psalms 107, actually appears four times in the psalm. It's, it's kind of like a refrain. In other words, the psalmist says some stuff, and then he says, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Then he says some more stuff, and then he says this again, let us thank the Lord four times, four stanzas, followed by this refrain. And the refrain is designed to teach us what he's saying in the psalm. And in the psalm, he starts off with God created things and and God puts things in and the marvel of creation. And you say, man, you know, let's thank the Lord that he he gives us a beautiful world. But then he goes on in the psalm and he talks about how God personally meets his people and helps his people and, and does things for his people. And the psalmist comes back, let us thank the Lord 
And we see something here about the word wondrous that's consistent throughout the Bible. The wonders of God are always related to acts toward his people that express his love. See, most of the world has a deity that does what he does in power, but it's not with care and compassion toward his own. You know, we kind of have it like this. Well, you know, whatever's going to happen, that's what happens. You know? It is what it is. And we almost take the attitude that, you know, God isn't working in compassion. He's just doing what he does, and if you get in his way, you're going to get run over by him. But no, let us thank the Lord for his steadfast love. The God who does wonders does them in compassion toward his people. In fact, that's the statement that we find in Isaiah 9-6 that we're talking about, where it gives the Lord the name wonder. And in, in Isaiah as well, it says this, Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of the discerning men shall be hidden. But with wonders of wonders I'll do things. In other words, what this verse is saying in Isaiah is, you're not going to stop God from doing wonderful things. And now we come into the story that we're all about today, the Christmas story. And shepherds are told that in a manger within the city of Bethlehem, there is born the prince of the ages, the king of glory, and they're told to go see him. So they said to one another after the angels had departed, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this great thing. And they come and they see the baby and they're convinced of the wonder of the manger and of the Son of God in that manger. And they go out and they tell everyone and it says, all who heard it wondered. Could it be? Could it be that God would come into this world to save us? That's the Christmas story. Could it be that God would come into this world to save us. Well, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that's what the story is. And so you hear this story. God did come. God came in the person of Christ. He came, lived a perfect, sinless life, and he came and he died on a cross. But you want to know something? There's something even more wondrous than that God would come into this world to save a people. God will come into you and save you. 
In other words, this isn't just an impersonal general message that, that God will come into the world to save people. There's a personal message to this. God has chosen. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. That's you. The glorious riches of the mystery. And the mystery is this. Christ will take up residence within the one who calls upon his name and dwell in them and give them life eternal through faith in his name. Jesus didn't just come into this world. He wants to come into your life. He wants to come into your being and take up residence with you as your Savior. That, my friend, is the wonder of wonders. I will ask you a simple question. Have you asked him to come into your life? Have you trusted in him as your Savior? Not just do you believe the Christmas story, not just do you think that the manger's a great thing, but have you personally realized that Christ, when he came to earth, came to rescue you personally? And when he died on that cross, he died for the sins of the world, yes, but he died for your sins. He died to make it possible for you to be right with him and that all is asked of you is that you receive the gift of his love through faith. Wonder of wonders, you can have God dwelling in you. You can have the hope of eternity. You can have the hope of glory, Christ in you. Simple little chorus that we're going to sing. stand together is he your prince is your faith in him going to just, Ron's just going to play through it quietly and I'm going to pray, okay? Father, we come before you today.
and we recognize that Christ offers eternal life to anyone who will trust in him as their Savior. The wonder of the ages is this, that God took up human flesh, died on a cross for sinners, and that anyone who would trust in him could have their sins forgiven and could personally know with certainty that they are right before God and will spend eternity with him. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? He is our wonderful Savior. Amen. Thank you for coming today. The